Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the law offices of Pretoria Law in Tysons, Virginia. And uh, we have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today. Lester, will you please give us a rundown? We've got Rob Manfredi, president of Bamboo Solutions. Kevin McQueen, CEO of CapTech. Kevin Jennings, CEO, president, and co-founder of Millennium Corporation, and Walt Constantine, president and founder of CoSolutions, Inc. I'd like to introduce my co-hosts, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Lauren Rizzo, Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretoria Law, Chris Tully, Sales Acceleration, and Les Small and Vistage. Let's get to know our first guest, Rob Manfredi, president of Bamboo Solutions. Rob, what is Bamboo Solutions? What are you guys doing? So at Bamboo, we develop both uh, products and deliver services to support the Microsoft SharePoint platform. Excellent. And uh, how'd you get a job with this company? So I founded the company uh, hmm. some seven years ago. Interesting. Where are you from originally? I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. How many brothers and sisters? I have one older sister. She's and, and two years. And 8 to 14, what were you doing? What would, what would give us a pretty good sense of what you were up to 8 to 14 years old? So outside of school, most of my time was spent uh, in a band. I'm a musician. In a band, uh-huh, and uh, what instrument do you play? So I'm a guitar player. Uh-huh, and, and did you get involved in a band, or did you start one? So I started a band. Um, How young were you when you started a band? Gosh, it was in elementary school. How'd you go about starting a band? So what you do is, if you're a guitar player, you find a bass player and a drummer, uh-huh. and then you have a band. Uh-huh, what else did you start when you were 8 to 14 years old? Well, since I was probably one of the only kids that could uh, use a computer, I noticed that my bass player, who owned a pest control business, had a lot of receipts, and I thought I could organize them for him. So I started a little bookkeeping business. So you started a band, and out of the band, one of the members, you helped him, and you ended up starting a bookkeeping business. So one thing leads to another for you, huh? It always seems that opportunity, but I always think you need to show up. And good things happen. So you have a pretty creative mind, and one thing leads to the next. How interesting. Lauren? Yeah, in the green room, you mentioned that you were shy. So I'm wondering, how do you find running a company and employees, if that's true? Yeah, so uh, I'm a bit of an introvert and a, and a little shy. Um, it shows in that I, I did a lot of single sports like wrestling, and being in a band as a musician is, is sort of a introspective thing. And running a company uh, has sort of opened up the fact that uh, you've got a lot of people that uh, you want to help flourish and letting them do their thing uh, has helped me get over that shyness. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, we were talking in the green room about uh, motorcycles, guitars, and startups, right? They're all very thrilling, but they're also challenging and stressful. How'd you learn to let go of the stress and anxiety of leading a company? So uh, my career has been based on building uh, startups and starting things over and over again um, until I started my own company. And in starting my own company, I sort of learned to let go of the chase and just enjoy where I was because as it grows, you do not have the control you think you have, and it has to flourish on its own. How did you learn that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, once you realize there's 30 or 40 people that are responsible, uh, that you're responsible for, or the company is responsible for their livelihoods, their mortgage, their kids, their futures, um, you can't run it yourself and you have to let it go. Uh, And they run it themselves. So your role was to get it started and pick the right players on the team and you sort of get control by giving up control? Yeah, that's that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the past seven years. Just when you think you know it all, you know, life teaches you something new. So there's a spiritual growth aspect for you in terms of CEOing a business. Yeah. So uh, you know, you kind of are who you surround yourself with. And from the band days, um, I got most of my accounts from uh, word of mouth and just meeting people through a common interest, which was music. And I find today it's the same thing in building a business wh- and technology. Wh- 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 what do you mean you are who you surround yourself with? What are you talking about? So, uh, you know, as a president, what you can do is provide a vision and inspire people to uh, embrace that vision, but it's up to them to actually make it happen. So you really depend on your people so that you can depend on your people. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that allows me to keep playing music. Uh huh. David, when you were a teenager, um, how did you get sales for your bookkeeping business? Yeah, so that you know that is interesting because I always call it by uh, business by happenstance. So uh, at each of the shows, I would meet uh, new people that saw me play. And my bass player would always say, oh, he's really smart. He knows computers. He can do your books. And uh, sort of our common love of music would bring us together. And I would pick up their receipts every Friday and enter them into my Lotus 123 spreadsheets. So uh, reputation, word of mouth is how you do it. So reputation actually matters. It's not just you're a CEO. Let's just grab whatever money we can. And right. Well, it's funny. I, one of the things we instill at the company is that we choose our customers as much as they choose us. Uh-huh. Les? Yeah, let's come back to your, uh, your relationship with your sister that you were talking about. Um, she's an older sister, right? Yes. Uh, and what is it that, uh, what's the relationship you have with her, and, and how does that apply in terms of what you do today? So she's uh, fearless uh, and one of my inspirations. Uh, she graduated with a, uh, uh, a master's in fine arts from MICA in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, we always thought it was going to be a tough road painting. Uh, but then she turned that into uh, one of the largest faux finishing businesses in Baltimore. What did you learn from that? That uh, her vision and inspiration attracted amazing painters who wanted to help her complete it. And uh, she had an amazing team that would go around and paint bathrooms and living rooms. But there was something else that your sister did. What else did your sister do? So she followed her heart into yoga um, and sold her painting business when uh, she felt she got all she could get out of it. So she was fearless getting out of it and started a yoga business, which grew into the largest yoga studios in Baltimore. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me that your sister is truly an entrepreneur? She has started two successful companies and have sold both. Why do you describe as fearless? Uh, Because that's what she is. She was never holding on to her success. She just lived month to month on how it was going until... On how it felt? On how it felt. What's that? that? How How are you integrating that into your business plan? So... I think starting a company like who does that these days um, is is you can't think of all the things that can go wrong. You you need to be where you are today. And am I delivering value? Are customers uh, enjoying the experience? And are you enjoying the experience of delivering that product or service? And if that's the case, then passion just happens. It's not. Uh, have you, you have your control. mom or dad been to your business? Have they been to your office? Uh, they have. Uh-huh. How do you think they felt walking through the door? So my dad um, uh, is an engineer, and uh, he struggled at first uh, that he did not get his degree and ended up uh, working nights. I remember that uh, younger, um, going to school at night, working, uh, getting his degree. How do you think he felt walking through the door of your office? Uh, I think he was pretty proud. Why? Because uh, uh, I think he saw that the company had a lot of my personality in it. What do you mean? That it was not a company just trying to make money, but it was a company that was inspiring all of the people that he saw around me. How about your mom? Oh, she's my biggest fan. Mm -hmm. What do you bring from mom to work every day? Uh, geez. Um, short, I think my empathy. That my understanding. No, no, no. My, my question. Customers. My question was, what do you bring from mom to work every day? Empathy. I'm trying to figure out where empathy fits in the business. So empathy, I think, is um, authentic, being authentic with your customers. Um, I come from a great Italian household, which family is all important, and I bring that to the to work. And has your sister been to the business? She uh, has not been here. She lives in Palm Desert, California now, which uh-huh. is absolutely the most gorgeous place on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What do you bring from your sister to work every day? She sends me pictures of her on her bike every day and say, "Don't forget what the goal is." Uh huh. Not to work every day. And <laughs> talking about bikes, you rode a motorcycle, didn't you? I did. Uh-huh. Right here in Tyson's Corner before it was Tyson's. So what's the uh? What, what'd you, what's what's the similarity between uh, riding a motorcycle and uh, building this business? I think uh, you can sum that up as thrilling. Thrilling. Uh huh. Okay, I get it. Les, what else are you thinking there? Uh, yeah, there was a, a little comment you made during the green room about being independent, um, and you used the, the, the expression, I was also a wrestler. 
Um, having wrestled myself, it's a team sport, but it's an individual sport. What's that got to do with what you do now? Uh, so, well, it's hard to wrestle yourself, but. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> well, you should try that. Uh-huh. Um, so, so you are part of a team, but um, you have a lot of individual effort for your own success. So I think in my years in startups, um, it was very much the wrestler. I was trying to perform to save the company. I was always the best sales guy. I was the one who was going to make the numbers. And then starting my own company, I realized that, yeah, you need to work hard, but it can't be you carrying the load. That's a lot of pressure on one person. It is. It, and yeah. it's, it's impossible. It's, it's, so it's all clustered activity. Lauren, what are you thinking? Well, you mentioned your interesting history with Bamboo Solutions, and I'm just wondering how you turned what could be a very deflating um, event or moment in your life to um, a triumph. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. So prior to starting um, SharePoint Experts, which is the parent company of Bamboo, I was the VP of sales at Bamboo, and I was let go uh, in, in, I guess in December. Up, and then you ended up buying the company. And then five the years uh, later, I ended up buying the company. What's the website address of this organization? It's BambooSolutions.com. Let me have that one more time. BambooSolutions.com. Com. We've been speaking with Rob Manfredi, president of Bamboo Solutions here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name and organization is? Bob Rook with Captiva. And what is your role in the organization, Bob? I'm president. And give me an idea of how young were you when you started making money? I was eight years old. And what were you doing to make money? Uh, newspaper routes and uh, working in neighbor's yards. So did you get to work in newspapers yard in, in the neighbors' yards because you had delivered them newspapers? Absolutely. Got to know them well and was able to uh, give other services out for them. So you got to know the neighbors, they got to know you, and then they asked you to do other kinds of stuff. And I'm wondering, what's that have to do with building a business? Uh, it's the exact same thing. Everything builds from one success to the next. What do you mean? Well, once a customer knows that you can deliver for them, they'll ask you for more uh, services. So w- we've uh, been able to grow mostly through native growth uh, with our c- clients. And what were you telling me about your team members? So we try and match up our team members very closely with the clients. Um, we've had uh, natural ends of contracts, and we've had about 20% of our employees become government employees as a result of the end. So what you're telling me is that you've done a pretty good job of uh, not only bringing in the sales, but also making sure the people that were doing the work were the right kinds of people. In fact, 20% went to work for the customer ultimately. Absolutely. That's our mantra. Uh-huh. What do you like best about your gig? Uh, the freedom it gives me to uh, follow my interests and try and incorporate that into uh, deliverables for the customer. What do you mean? Oh, my interests are broad, starting off uh, young, working on uh, cars, uh, working on electronics. You know, yeah. My interests are broad, and so when a customer asks a question, I like to be able to say yes. Cool. What's the uh, website address of your organization? Captiva-inc.com. Let me have that one more time. Captiva-inc.com. And your name again is? Bob Rook. And you're the president of Captiva, and this is Herb Cohen with Executive Leaders Radio, and this has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization is? Uh, KFA Private Wealth Group. Mm-hmm. And your name? Is Greg Conopask. And Greg, what's your role in the firm? I'm a co-founder. And what do you guys do? Uh, we do wealth management uh, for private clientele. Uh-huh. And uh, what was going on with you 8 to 14? Was it sports or making money or what? Yeah, uh, I'd say a little of both. Uh-huh. What kind of sports were you playing? I was playing soccer and baseball. And what was your favorite sport? I like playing baseball. And what was your role on the team? Uh, pitcher, center fielder, shortstop. Well, why were you playing so many different positions? Well, you can't pitch every day, so when you're not pitching, you would you know, put me in a another important position, I guess. So you wanted to stay in the game, and you were also fluid in terms of the roles that you would play on the team. Yeah, and I loved it. Loved what? I loved the competition. I loved the camaraderie. I loved uh, being outside. I loved, you know. What's that have to do with building this organization that is KFA Private Wealth Management? Well, you know, you're, you're if, you know, I was a captain of most of my teams and, uh, you know, trying to build winners and champions. And, you know, same thing in business. You're trying to, to recruit the right people to, to be the best at what you do. So not only are you a wealth manager, but you're also building the team as the co-founder of the organization. That's correct. What do you do different than your co-founder, than your other co-founder? 
Um, well, I uh, I tend to be more on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting the business name out there, meeting mm-hmm. people, doing mm-hmm. this show. So you like being out front? Yeah, I love the negotiations. I just like being out there and being the face of the organization. Uh-huh. And it's like the being the captain of the team. I guess you were recruiting different members of the team and being the face of the team is the same role you're playing with the organization. What's yeah. the website address for uh, your organization? Website address? Website oh, address. KFAPWG.com. Let me have that one more time. Yeah, KFAPWG.com. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Kevin McQueen, who's the CEO of CapTech. Kevin, what is CapTech? CapTech's a nationwide thousand-person IT digital slash consulting consulting firm. Uh-huh. Where are you from originally? Uh, Columbia, Maryland, outside of Baltimore. How many brothers and sisters? I have one younger sister, uh, four years younger than me. Uh-huh. And tell us, what were you doing uh, in terms of eight to fourteen years old? Were you involved with any clubs or anything? Playing sports, uh, baseball, soccer, basketball, and boy and, and Boy Scouts. Uh huh. What what uh, what level did you advance to in Boy Scouts? I'm an Eagle Scout. An Eagle Scout. Yes, so sir. why 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 did you want to become an Eagle Scout as a kid? I got into scouting because I loved the outdoors. I loved uh, canoeing, biking, camping, those types of things. As I got into it, my parents encouraged me to continue on to be be, be an eagle. Wait, wait, what's the personality trait of an eagle scout? Trustly, loyal, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Um, is that? I mean, that's true. That's the Boy Scout motto. Is that? Is that? Is that what you bring to the party, or pieces of that, or all of that? Is the CEO of CapTech this thousand-person company? I think you have to bring elements of, of most of the things you learn in scouting really uh, translate well to being a CEO. Why do you have to? Uh, you, you don't have, well, to, to, lead a, to lead any firm or any organization, whether it's a Boy Scouts, a church, or an organization, people have to trust you. People have to uh, understand that you're out for their best interests and, and, and can articulate and drive a common vision. I just needed to hear you tell me that. Lauren? Yeah, I'm wondering what did your mom and dad do and what uh, if you can give us an example of what you took from them that you bring to work every day running your company. Sure. Uh, my dad worked for the Social Security Administration, was a, was a lifelong uh, government uh, worker. My mom was a homemaker. Uh, in terms of my father, my dad was very involved in, in my upbringing, was very involved in the community, so I, I kind of take that. I'm very involved in the local community. My mom was very empathetic. Uh, she was a wonderful mom, took care of my sister and myself as well as other kids in the neighborhood. And in terms of taking care of people in the company, that kind of is what I brought from her from uh, mm-hmm. my role in Chris? Caltech. Yeah, Kevin, you mentioned that your dad uh, didn't encourage you to follow in his footsteps with the government. Why is that? He got to a place in his career where uh, he realized he wanted to make a change. He was about uh, five or ten years away from retirement, didn't want to lose his retirement, but kind of felt stuck and kind of felt trapped. So he always encouraged me to you know, work for myself or get involved in business. Mm-hmm. You think it was right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. David? Uh, which job... Uh, was most impactful for you as a teenager? Probably my uh, my first main job was working uh, flipping burgers at Roy Rogers. And what else did you do there? I started doing flipping burgers. From there, I learned how to do uh, cook chicken, cook all the food. I uh, also worked the cashier. Pretty much rant could do pretty much anything that was needed for the th- for the store. Well, it sounds like you're able to handle lots of duties. Is, is that how you grow your current business? Absolutely. Um, I started at CapTech. I was more of a uh, project program manager, got into account management, got into sales. Uh, now I'm the CEO. Oh, wait a second. You're telling me what happened at Roy Rogers at the age of 16 where you started doing one thing and you told us literally you could have run the place by the time you left. That's precisely what happened at this organization known as CapTech? Not precisely, but certainly uh, constantly learning, learning new things, and, and a quest to, to try new things is, is key. So you're the kind of, how, how many years ago did you start at CapTech? Uh, 20. Wow, so you're one of those guys that's got a lot of loyalty to the organization and sticks with things. So it does pay off, doesn't it? Absolutely. What do you mean? Well, we've grown from, when I was the started, I was with the fifth employee. Now we're a thousand person firm with offices r- across the country. Um, and it's certainly been a wonderful experience for me. So you know the fundamental fabric of that organization. You've helped build the fabric of that organization. Absolutely. So if there's any, so you're telling me that a kid that sticks with something that can do a little bit of everything at Roy Rogers or whatever they're doing, there's a really, there's a personality trait there that can lead them right through the organization in terms of leading it. Uh, Absolutely. David, uh, Les, what are you thinking? Well, actually, I want to come back to something that you said earlier about your mom. She always had a job for you. Why was that important? 
both my parents wanted wanted to make sure I had a strong uh, work ethic. Both of them had a, a little bit different or more difficult upbringing. They wanted to make sure I, I knew the value of money. What do you mean they had a difficult uh, time upbringing? Uh, and what was that, and how did it affect you? Uh, my dad was young. I was 11. As I mentioned, uh, he didn't have much time to spend with his father, so he wanted to be very involved in my life. Uh, my mom uh, was raised by my uh, my grandfather. My, my, my grandmother was out of the picture, and so it was a little bit unstable, so she wanted to make sure I had a, again, strong work ethic. Uh, well, let's go into that a little bit deeper. What, your dad was well. Give me that about that again. Youngest of 11. Go ahead and... Uh, consequently, he only had basically two days in his life where he spent with his father. Why is that? Because uh, he had uh, my, my grandfather worked very, very hard and had ten other kids to care for. Uh huh. And how'd that affect your father's relationship with you? And how's that affecting you? Uh, my father wanted to make sure that my sister and I that he w- that he had different relationships. And how did he do that? How'd that show up? Uh, he was involved in everything. Boy Scouts ran all of our sports uh, sports leagues, coached all of our teams, went to every game ever played, that type of thing. So your dad, because he didn't really have a dad around much, wanted to be a dad and got involved with really helping you through sports and a bunch of other activities. Absolutely. And what were you telling us about your mom's parents? Uh, my mother, my grandmother was unfortunately institutionalized when she was very young. Uh, my grandfather was a bit of an alcoholic, so it was a little bit of a, du- a tough upbringing. So what did that do to your mom? Um, I think she was very, uh, very caring, very, uh, she wanted to make sure, again, that we, we had a caring, loving environment for my sister and I growing up. So um, I'm trying to figure out how caring and loving environment has anything to do with being a CEO. Well, because uh, business is blood and guts. If people don't do nah, what they're supposed to do, no. you fire them and stuff. Our CapTech's mission is to be the best consulting firm to work for and work with, and we want to make sure that it is the best place for our consultants. So caring for people is, is paramount for our success. What? Absolutely. It's so all you're about the people. So you're telling me that your mom and your dad, really your dad's being there and being engaged with you guys, and your mom... You know, being brought up where there was a lot of love. It sounds like a lot of love in the house. Absolutely. Uh huh. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Just one sister. And what's your relationship with your sister? What was your relationship with your uh, sister? Still very good. She's got four kids. What have you learned from your sister that you use in building the business? My sister is very similar to my mom. Uh, she's a fantastic mother. She has four children, and again, taking care of taking care of people and creating a loving environment, caring environment is is very important. It's the same as. House is same as running a business. It's same same type of environment you want to build. Are you married or single? I'm married. Uh huh. You have any kids? I have two kids. What's the similarity between being a dad and being the CEO of this thousand person organization? Can be frustrating at times, but it can be also <laughs> extremely rewarding. What, what what's the similarity? Is it when you're saying the frustration? What are you talking about there? Uh, well, there's always ups and downs. You get uh, unexpected challenges you don't don't foresee, and then but you got to find a way to overcome them and move forward. So it's all about the people, huh? Absolutely. So it's not necessarily, it's funny, you're not really talking about strategy at the business or strategy at home, or it's all about how you're handling the people, it sounds like, whether it's the kids or whether it's at the office. Is that true? Absolutely. If you create a great place to work, the people want to show up and want to have fun, want to enjoy themselves, do great work, then the rest will take care of itself. Uh-huh. I got another question for you. At home, who wears the pants in the family, you or your wife? Oh, definitely my wife. Okay, so you also know how to work with people, and well, it sounds like because you you know you were the fifth employee, now it's a thousand. It's figures your wife's the boss in the family. If I was doing a, we were, if we were doing a good interview, what's the major part that we left out in order to help the public understand who you are, who I am? Yeah, uh, uh, my son suffers from a rare genetic disorder that uh, when he was born, his life expectancy was eighteen. He's now nineteen, and uh, that's a major part of my life, and a pa- major part of my wife and I do to help him. What have you learned? From, what's his first name? Sean. What have you learned from Sean that's helped you grow this business? Uh, perseverance. He's, he has a lot of challenges, but yet, uh, despite that, he's, he's doing great. He's healthy and, and happy and a happy kid. Wow. What, what's the website address of this organization known as CapTech? CapTechConsulting.com. Let me have that one more time. CapTechConsulting.com. We've been speaking with Kevin McQueen, CEO of CapTech here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? 
Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, wh- what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings, and such. So you're you're, well, you're running a twenty-four by seven facility, aren't you? We are. Uh huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is. Chuck Ockeltree. And Chuck, what organization are you with? The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center. Uh huh. And what makes this organization special? The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, it's not a traditional hotel. Mm-hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, mm-hmm. because of our size, mm-hmm. we're able to. Uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the the corporate 100, corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. government agencies. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about your job? What I like about uh, is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What, what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy that, that we've uh, had a very, very, very successful turnaround in mm-hmm. uh, the two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh, from where it was in mm-hmm. 2014 with Excellent. the new, uh, new ownership, we've literally doubled the revenue. And w- what's, so your, what's your role in the organization again? Uh, my role is Chief Marketing Officer. And what's that mean? It, good question. It means that uh, uh, we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion, and um, the business development. So you're actually going out there and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients. Exactly, yes. And I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients, making sure that, you know, your services are valuable. We talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events as well. What's the website address of the organization? www.conferencecenter.com. Let me have that one more time. www.conferencecenter.com. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Toby Cohn. We'd like to introduce Kevin Jennings, President, CEO, and Co-Founder of Millennium Corporation. Kevin, what is Millennium Corporation? Millennium is a Arlington-based cybersecurity, system engineering, and program management company. Uh-huh. How large or how small is this organization? Uh, we're about 240 uh, personnel and, and right at close to about $48 million in revenue. Uh-huh. How'd you get a job with the company? Uh, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders uh, uh-huh. of the company after retiring from the, the military. Uh-huh. Where are you from originally? I, I'm from a small town here in Virginia called Crew, Virginia. Crew, yeah, Virginia. Crew. All right. Lester. Uh, yeah, there was an event that happened um, when you were younger, 11 years old. What happened? Yeah, I lost my dad when I was 11, uh, which was a huge impact for me and my family. And... Uh, and really kind of came to me early on, life is, n- is not always fa- fair. Not always fair. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, you, you, you're looking forward to mom and dad and growing and, and your dad teaching you and growing with you. Uh, but I had uh, older brothers and sisters stepped in and uh, helped me grow as a young man. What do you mean? Your, your older brothers and sisters yeah, stepped I, in? Yeah, and, and each one of them took different roles. My, my older brother was more the father figure. Uh, my love for outdoors, hunting, fishing, 
um, it was his role, and he was one, he was the uh, the nurturer, make sure that I was doing the right things as a young man. My brother next to him was the uh, enforcer, as I call him, mm-hmm. um, was the guy who I didn't if I didn't do the right things, he certainly let me know, and in, in, uh, in in his own way of making sure I'm I'm on on the right track, so and, and that's where I got my competitiveness from him as well. Sounds like you, you took something from everyone. A- absolutely, yeah. Each one of them uh, took on that role as older brothers and sisters, and and wanted to make sure that they were here to help mom. Mm-hmm. Lauren, yeah. Um, with six mouths to feed, I can't imagine the tremendous financial pressure your mom has felt. Did you step up and get a job and help take care of the family? Well, early on, even before Dad passed, uh, it was always our role. You coming? You you becoming a hard worker? We're a blue collar family in a blue collar community and so early on at, at 11 12 years old 11 years old 12 years old uh, I w- my summer jobs was pulling tobacco which is uh, if anyone ever done that that's tough tough business and you wanted to grow out of that early on um, so we did take on uh, that responsibility to make sure you you took care of yourself when, when you had the ability to do that mm-hmm. what did you do different than all the other kids that pulled tobacco well, I also did a little bit. I, I, I enjoyed sports. Uh, I certainly uh, was into that, and I enjoyed music as well, the love of music, you know, uh-huh. listening to it. I, I was unfortunately not a musician, uh-huh. um, but uh, right. a typical teenage kid. All right. All right. Uh, Chris, enjoying. go ahead. Yeah, Kevin, uh, tell me about your mom. You know, what, what lessons did you, did you learn from your mom, and how do they show up in your Army career and in your current role? Um, my mom was uh, loving she was tough, and she was always my biggest cheerleader. And I, I think even as when we lost our, well, when I lost my dad, you know, she was running a, a business as well, with trying to make sure that she built a budget and we stick to it. And and she wanted something bigger and better for me. David, so uh, competition has been important. You indicated in, in uh, as a teenager when you were working, and then in sports. Um, and you had a lot of nurturing at home. So uh, are those really the, the key elements of, of growing your business? Yeah, I, I think as um, an athlete, when you're, you, you understand and you get that taste of competing and you, your folks on your team, your, your, your brothers on your team are all looking for the same goal um, and you want to win. And, and I think I've certainly taken that from each job I had. I worked at... A tasty freeze. I was. Uh, I worked at UPS, and all of those were competing to make sure I was, uh, if not the best, one of the best in the organization, and which helped me kind of grow as well and and get promoted along the way. And uh, the nurturing. Do you just uh, fire employees when they don't do well? Isn't that what CEOs do? No, no. I, I think that's the empathy that comes along with mom. You know, you you want to take care of your people. I mean, this is very difficult business the GovCon that we're in and uh, we we talk about uh, the business as strong as the people that you bring on board and because most of them will be doing the execution and the big big heavy lifting for you as a company mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I understand something here you know you spoke about being the best you could be at these previous gigs you've had uh, does that mean um, throwing other people under the bus and so that you could be the best no, absolutely. A lot of times being the best is building strong teams. As a young captain in the military and the Army, you, you build teams. You built, You had to count on folks on the left and right flank who, in a lot of cases, were you responsible for your life. Um, so your team is as strong as the leader that, that's leading it. So it's really about the folks on your team to how, be the best. And how did you learn about teams? How did you get that? La- how did you get that lesson? You know, it started early on with sports, um, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself, uh, and where you have to count on individuals to do their job, and then also taking the leadership role and influencing and helping them to uh, your your teammates to get better as well. Uh, but it all starts with you. So, um, are you always, are you always right? <laughs> um, my wife lets me know on a regular basis. I'm probably more wrong than than right. So, and you take that into the business. You listen. 
you understand people come to the table with some great ideas and expertise and you allow those folks to kind of um, uh, take advantage of those skill set and a lot of times they will when there's a disagreement you allow those uh, subordinates to 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 uh, win battles because uh-huh. that makes it better for your company. How, how large or how small is your company nowadays? Uh, we're 240 people. We're we're probably uh-huh. close to about 48 million in revenue. Is your mom aware of your success? Well, unfortunately, my mom died about uh, 15 years ago, so she has uh, 20 years ago, so she's not aware of that. How so about your brothers and sisters? Uh, brothers and sisters are, are my biggest fan. Are they surprised? Uh, they that are, are, as opposed to going on the wrong path, you went there. What, they what know I was a little different early on, and uh-huh. uh, and I would take a different path. Did I, you I'm, grow up in an entrepreneurial environment? A- absolutely not. We, we're a blue collar family, and um, I guess pulling tobacco. Yeah, you weren't you know doing newspapers or selling lemonade. You were pulling tobacco. Yep, Pull, pulling started pulling tobacco. Um, then went into uh, working for Big T, and then in college I worked for UPS. Well, what do you think? What do you, what do you think this entrepreneur thing came from? Uh, I, I think the first um, it was in college. Uh, I saw where the opportunity was, and then in the military, um, as a um, acquisition guy, we were hiring a lot of companies, small business, to do work for us, and they delivered. The small companies consistently delivered. So that kind of tweaked my interest, and uh, try to pursue that as well. My wife will tell you. I've been a, a a serial entrepreneur even while I was in the military, and I think I started about three or four different companies. So uh, you understand about supply and demand. You know, you look where the demand is, and then you look to do this. What kind of businesses did you start when you were in the military? Well, when I was in the military, I think you probably heard of Ameriprise, and you, you, I was selling life insurance and also selling uh, um, as uh, mutual funds. I also sold um, college uh, tuitions, how to get college grants. Wow. And so a couple of different things. Wow, you really, you know, you you know about hard work and hustling. Les, what do you what else do you think? Yeah, I want to play on this military theme. Um why the military? I mean, you you grow up as you said in a, in a in a very blue collar environment in yeah. a small town. How did the military come into play here? Um uh, as a um, baby of the 70s, uh, I grew up in the 70s and my my grandfather was a World War II veteran. My dad was uh, a correction, World War One veteran. My dad was World War Two. So was, it, was it expected was you were going to go into the military? It, it was not expected because it wasn't pushed. But I, I kind of uh, idolized those individuals for the sacrifice they made, and it was just a natural occurrence. Now my mom was going to make sure that I didn't go as an enlisted and go as an officer, and that was part of her. You're going to get college first, and then you can do the uh, army through the ROTC program. And I thank God for that. That that really worked in my advantage. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, so what's the best part of your day nowadays? Well, I think the best part of my days in the company is seeing some of our leaders that we've kind of grown within the company uh, grow with us and, and take leadership role and own it. And they're, they're, uh, a thri- they are thriving in those positions of, of greater responsibility. And you sound like the uh, you sound like uh, the daddy of the organization. You know, I, I, mean, I wish everybody could watch your body language. I mean, <laughs> it's like you know, and you. It sounds like that's what you really feel good about is being everybody's dad and helping them grow. It, it, it is. It, you want to you you know the organization is about the key people you have within it, and when you can grow within and you see folks over a ten year period thrive and are very successful, and you made those decisions to be the person to say, hey, we need to track that individual, make sure we put them in positions of greater responsibility, and they thrive. That is winning, and so we, we, we enjoy that. So I'm more of a strategic out looking from the outside of the company now, but those things like that mean a lot for us. What things? Uh, seeing our folks grow, taking on more responsibility, and winning, and absolutely doing great for our clients, delivering those services, building a great reputation for for themselves. Do you and, have people that good. stick around the company for a long time? We do. We we have very few, uh, very minimum t- uh, turnover when we start talking our our, our uh, leadership so and our executive. Because of your leadership, because the way you really are being everybody's dad. What's the website address of this organization? It's uh, millgroupinc.com. Let me have that one more time. Millgroupinc.com. We've been speaking with Kevin Jennings, President, CEO, and Co-Founder of Millennium Corporation here on Executive Leaders Radio. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. Uh, and what is the Boston 
business improvement district? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows? knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is, in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Oh, hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Balsambid.com, and, and you can download Balsam Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Balsam time. Balsambid. Com. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S T O N B I D dot com. Excellent. Your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. And your name is Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're yeah. the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers, it's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm -hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm -hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? Medtechconference.org. Let me have that one more time. Medtechconference.org. And the name of the organization again is? A Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from this show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, Grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business, are truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, 
We may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Walt Constantine, who's president and founder of Co-Solutions. Walt, what is Co-Solutions? We are a government contracting IT services company. How large or how small are you guys? 190. And uh, let's see, what's your role? Did you found the company or you go to work there? I'm the founder of the company. All right, where are you from originally? I'm from Vermont, grew up in Nova Scotia. All right, and how many brothers and sisters? Three brothers. And where are you in the pecking order? I'm the oldest. And what, uh, what was your role as the oldest in terms of being the oldest of four boys? I was the, I, well, I guess I was the icebreaker of them. I, I Give me an did example the first of everything. Like uh, what? First one to get a job, first one to date anyone, the first one to do a lot of things. And I understand you also encouraged your parents to buy some books. What were the books about? How to parent. Why, <laughs> why were your parents buying parenting books? Because I was so inquisitive. I was doing, I, I was, because I was the icebreaker, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, so they were trying to figure out how to handle you, huh? Yeah. All right. David, uh, what are you thinking? Uh, tell us about your first job. I had a paper route. And wh- what was the kind of uh, disaster that befell you one day when you opened the door? Well, it was a windy day, and uh, I opened the door to put a paper in, and the glass kept going. So I broke the guy's door. And so you run away and hid? No. I uh, I knocked on their door and fessed up to what had happened. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to pay for the new door? I did. I did. I had to go find... Uh, I had to go find other jobs to pay for that. So you wanted to make it right, even if it was more sacrifice. Absolutely. Okay. So you had a newspaper route. You accidentally broke somebody's glass in the door. As opposed to running away, you went ahead and knocked on the door, told them, and then you had to go get another job to get the money to pay for the glass. That's right. As opposed to running away. Correct. What is that, and where did you learn that? Uh I guess I learned that from my, I definitely learned that from my parents. What? Um, what uh, was it you learned? Honesty. Yeah. Up, yeah. What's it, that have to do with running a business? Oh, it's everything. What are you yeah. talking about? Uh, you, it, it's how you, it, you take that and you, you treat your clients the same way. You treat your employees the same way. All right. I just wanted to make sure I understood. David, you know another <coughs> question there? So you're going up in northeastern Canada mm-hmm. and, uh, in the wintertime. I assume you're playing hockey? No. I'm what are you uh, doing? I... I was a bicyclist, I still am, and um, I did a fair bit of skiing. Well, uh, and also music you mentioned. And music, absolutely, lots okay. of music. And you even founded a music group. <coughs> I did. Um, I was, uh, I, my brother and I started a, a, a group in church, actually, and um, we were very young at the time. I was 12 and he was 10, and we actually... And who did you have to convince of what? <coughs> well, we had to convince the priest that we could do this on our own uh we could lead a lead the congregation ourselves so this was your idea to go to the priest with your brother yep and then want to start a music group yes Uh uh-huh what did the priest say at first no um but Uh we we uh chris convinced him he didn't say yes right away so no how did you overcome that objection to be the guys that were going to lead the church service well we showed him that we were good at it um and uh, we also convinced him to get an adult to be on the on the, and sit on the sides and, and watch us and make sure they could step in and help us at, if and, we and needed how, it. How long did it take for him to finally believe you? About three months. Uh-huh. So yeah. you're telling me at the age of 12, you have the ability of finding another teammate, your brother, mm-hmm. and you went ahead and you found the customer, the priest, and you went ahead and had a clever solution to convince That's him true. 
and uh, you're showing this at the age of 12. Right. And um, and you also were very sensitive to making sure you delivered what you sold because it took them three months, and the adult really didn't need to supervise you any further. That's true. What's that have to do with building a business? Oh, it's... it's uh, that pattern continues today. What do you uh, mean? Well, it's, uh, you know, you're you're working hard to overcome objections. You're, um, you have to persevere. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, what are you thinking? You have this serious love for music. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you ended up in business and do you regret not following your passion? Something about a scout story? Oh, well, uh, so my brother and I had a, a Simon and Garfunkel duo act in college, and that's how we put our way through college, is playing music. And we got discovered by a talent scout in Bangor, and he wanted us to leave uh, leave college and, and basically pursue a career playing music with for his record company. And my dad put the stop to that and said, look, you need to finish your education and, and then go ahead and pursue your music. Mm-hmm. So that you was, a, you that was a crossroads for you us. You regret that? I I did at first, but I do not regret it now Why? at all. It was Why? Uh, because uh, I got a, my degree in computer science. It was the foundation for my company now, which is a technology oh, I company. I and see. Uh-huh. Yep. Les? Yeah, you, you'd mentioned earlier, uh, mm-hmm. you didn't start this company yourself, did you? I started it with a, with a, a partner. Yes. So uh, th- my point's this. Mm-hmm. Um, this theme shows up of your brother and you. There's always two. Yes, and now it's my wife and I. Uh-huh. What do you mean? Well, she now co-owns a company with me. So, so there's you, always you, been a pair. You like partners. You like bringing in yeah. partners. What's the similarity between your brother's personality and your original partner's personality in the business? I think they were probably the two smartest people I know. So do you, do you really see a similarity there, or am I making that up? No, I think you're right. So what's that show us about you? I, I like to partner with people like that. I what feel people like what? Oh, uh, people who are as good or better than me. Doesn't um, that make you feel threatened? That would make me feel terrible being around somebody smarter and brighter, and it would intimidate me. No, I do that all the time. My you do what all the I time? Find people who are, I find people who are exceptional at what they do. And I want them to be better than better than me, and I bring those people into my company. And then you also figure out how to overcome objections and make right. sure that you guys sell. I understand, like yep. what you do with the priest and your brother is mm-hmm. like what you're doing with partners nowadays. And I can't argue because how many p how large or how small is this company now? We're 190 now. It sounds like you certainly know what you're doing. I mean, you built this business. Well, what's the website address of this organization? CoSolutions.com. Let me have that one more time. CoSolutions.com. CoSolutions.com. We've been speaking with Walt Constantine, who's president and founder of CoSolutions here on Executive Leaders Radio. Um, Les, can you give us a rundown on who we've had the opportunity of speaking with today? Sure. Rob Manfredi, the president of Bamboo Solutions. Kevin McQueen, CEO of CapTech. We've had Kevin Jennings, CEO, president, and co-founder of Millennium Corporation. And Walt Constantine, president and founder of CoSolutions, Inc. Excellent. I would like to thank my co-hosts, including Joe Applebaum from the Potomac Companies, Lauren Rizzo Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Chris Tully, Sales Acceleration, and Les Small and Vistage for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope we're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. Um, David, what is the website address for Pretori Law where we are doing the show today? PretoriaLaw.com. How do you spell that? P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E-Law.com. Let me have that one more time. P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E-L-A-W.com. And this is Herb Cohen. Thank you for joining us today. Do have a nice day. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.